0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: In my lifetime, I expect to see three, four, perhaps even more women on the high court bench. Women not shaped from the same mold, but of different complexions.
0: All right. (laughs) Welcome back. To another episode of United States of Women. Glad to have you for mm-hmm. our seventh week. Hopefully, we're keeping you highly entertained and interested because <laughs> we have 50 seasons to do. Oh, dear.
1: Oh, right, huh? 50 states. Oh, no. I feel like we should also include Puerto Rico.
0: 51. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have others to add as we go. Yes. Assuming you all still want to keep listening to us. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, we may still do it anyway. <laughs> so, uh, this week we are doing a Delaware woman who I think some would argue is not a Delaware woman. So, it's a it's a little contentious. It's a little contentious.
1: Well, is she part of the Delaware Hall of Women? She is. Okay, then. Therefore,
0: they have de- <laughs> they have deemed her as one. So. This week, we are talking about Lucille Petrie-Leon. Okay? And she is part of the Delaware Women's Hall of Fame, but she was born 19, 20, January 23rd, 1902 in Lewisburg, Ohio. Okay. She okay. grew up there. Uh to a family that was insistent upon early uh, responsibility. So even as uh, she was growing up, she held jobs in canneries, factories, all sorts of um, employment. So in when she was 19, mm-hmm. her father moved the family to Delaware, where she resided and she attended university. She attended the University of Delaware with a double major in chemistry and English with an emphasis in teaching. Wow. Okay. She graduated in 1924. She then went on to receive a nursing degree from John Hopkins School of Nursing in 1927 and a master's degree from Columbia Teachers College in 1929. Ooh. Okay. Highly educated. Wow. So she then became... A, a clinical nurse instructor at Yale University for a very short time before moving on to the University of Minnesota where she taught for 11 years and became the assistant dean of the nursing program and professor okay she at that time was also working towards a PhD at Columbia University but that ground to a halt in 1941 Because she became the first woman appointed to an administrative post in the U.S. Public Health Services. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So she never did end up finishing her PhD. She got a little sidetracked in the war effort. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) Understandable. Understandable. So she served uh, in the U.S. Public Health and Services for two years and then in May 1943, she was appointed the first dean it of the Cornell University New York Hospital School of Nursing in New York City, and a month later, she was given a year's leave to take charge of the cadet nursing corps. <gasps> okay, cadet nursing corps. Okay. So, in that 1943, <laughs> busy busy year for her. Busy year for her. She yeah leaves public service to go become the director the first dean of Cornell mm-hmm. School of Nursing to leave a month later to become the founding director of the cadet nursing Corps so in 1943 the there was a growing problem. Uh, we were obviously in the throes of World War II, mm-hmm. and during the war, there became a massive shortage in nurses and civilian doctors. Oh, that's a problem during world time, you kind of need people taking care of the injuries. So at least 20% of America's nurses and many of its eligible doctors had joined the military and mm-hmm. the military efforts. So by 1943, overcrowded hospitals were actually turning away patients. And overworked civilian doctors had no time to call on patients in their homes, which was the standard care Mm -hmm. during that time period. Nurses were equally in short supply, and so there were fewer of them to provide home care. During a visit to Los Angeles in 1943 the then U.S. uh, Surgeon General, Dr. Thomas Perrone, called the civilian medical problem acute and said that because of a shortage of nurses, nursing care is at a danger level in many communities. Oh, no. Yeah, so it was a huge crisis. So Congress, in one of its few moments of clarity in 1943, (laughs) passed the Bolton Act in an attempt to shore up civilian medical care okay okay the measure created the cadet nurse corps for which lucille petrie leone became its founding director and i can't verify it but it it's from all the pieces putting it together it sounds like she was very instrumental in convincing congress this is what we need okay (laughs) give me this So, from July 1943 to October 1945, the Cadet Nurse Corps enrolled 132,000 women in colleges across the country under the Bolton Act. Wow. Yeah. So, the participating colleges were required to establish a 24- to 30-month accelerated education program for nurses. Mm Mm-hmm. And the women who enrolled in the program pledged to engage in essential nursing, military or civilian, for the duration of the war. Okay. okay. Which ended up being, what, a couple years? Exactly. So the cadets were given full uh, federal funding for their tuition. They were given a stipend from 15 to $30, depending upon their... Level So as a freshman, you know, as, as the first entering the program, you got 15 and then you got more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they were given distinctive uniforms uh, to wear during their enrollment period. Okay. It became such a huge advertising success an enrollment and enrollment recruitment success that, in fact, uh, cosmetic corporations even created a specific makeup to match the pinstripe lining in the women's uniforms and they called the color rocket red so i feel like i know this uniform now you probably do you've seen it on all sorts of posters um the slogan of the marketing was the girl with the future and it was so successful, in fact, that no nurses had to be conscripted for service in World War II. So we talk about conscription as of service in primarily in Vietnam, but it was a thing that had occurred in World War II and Korea to a much lesser extent. Mm-hmm. But with this program, no women had to be conscripted into... Nobody had to be conscripted into nursing duties okay. during World War II because they were able to just recruit so many women. Straight from the program itself. Correct. So the overall total cost um, during the extent of the Bolton Act what came out to $160 million. Oh, woo. But for the return on investment, uh, it's pretty... Pretty well agreed that it was it was worth the investment yeah. um, because the problem was so acute in mm-hmm. a shortage of nurses. Um, there was a lot of contention about the program, uh, particularly in its advertising, because so as one of the major articles that I, I looked at for this was um, done by Petrus. Beatrice Cliquish and Philip Klikish, mm-hmm. Um in which they're discussing all of the uh, different methods of advertising. And many nurses uh, felt that the program and the advertising idealized mm-hmm. the status of nurses and made it look more attractive than the nursing career actually was. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> As
1: I Google the images of those advertisements. Which, you know, is to be expected.
0: It's advertisement.
1: I do um, I do quite like the advertisement of the nurse getting her hat
0: fixed by Uncle Sam, though. Right. Like <laughs> So but eventually uh the the general consensus is that The criticisms overall were rare for the size of the program. And the concerns about bringing in less than ideal candidates with such a huge surge kind of whittled its way out. So, on the whole, uh, it was one of the first extremely successful recruitment campaigns and it was the very first uh federally backed uh federally funded professional education program for women okay so before this the federal government said you know women you're on your own we don't really care if you ever decide to leave the kitchen um, and in 1943, they're like, "Oh, maybe we,
1: this is dumb. We may need <laughs> you guys, or you know, and just in general, though, with everything else that was going on in the world, I mean, women were having to fill in factory roles and
0: just <laughs> and baseball do. roles too, just everything. Yeah, yeah. So she, uh, <laughs> so uh, Lucille played. It was the uh, director of the program." throughout the entire World War II, Mm -hmm. uh, eventually handing the reins over when she retired in 1966. When she retired in 1966, she retired as the Assistant Surgeon General. Wow. Yeah, and the Chief Nurse Officer for the U.S. uh, Health Services Department. Um, So she had an exceptionally successful career. She did end up getting married in 1952 to Nicholas Leon, uh, but she, they were divorced in 1967. Mm. She clearly had better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I do not blame her. Um, she spent the rest of her life as an educator um, <laughs> and lecturer. She wrote heavily during her time. Including uh, publications such as Agricultural Migrants and Public Health uh, Co-authored with her and Helen Johnston mm-hmm. And then in 1953 She wrote an article for Nursing Outlook uh, National Nursing Needs A Challenge to Education mm-hmm. So she uh, was a, again Like many of our our historical women A prolific writer Because Nothing else. They can't stop reading you. Uh, yep. So it was, she, she did a, she was an exceptional nursing educator along with all of her work in the nursing cadets, but uh, she received multiple honors, including the Florence Nightingale honor from the International Red Cross. Okay. The Distinguished Service Award from the U.S. Uh, Public Health Services. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, the Lasker Award, which is the... Let me pull it up because I had no idea what it was until I looked it up. It is the... And it's an annual award to living persons who have made major contributions to medical science. Nice. Yeah. Uh, So it is presented by the Albert and Mary Lasker Foundation. I'm not really sure who the Laskers are. Uh, But other recipients include uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. She was an elected member of the Institute of Medicine. And upon her retirement the members of the Public Health Service established the Lucille Petrie-Leone Award for nursing leadership. All right. And it is presented biannually by the National League for Nursing to an outstanding nurse educator. Mm-hmm. So that is... Lucille Petrie leon and the Nursing Cadet Corps. I think the Nursing Cadet Corps is a lot of fun. I I mean, it's horrific, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's <laughs>
1: horrific. Yeah, just, you know, being a nurse is not an easy thing yeah. to do. It's not just wearing a cute, well, nowadays I just wear scrubs, but like back then it was that cute, pretty uniform. pinstripe uniform and <laughs> just, it's kind of sort of like, I guess kind of sort of today we have like the airline the um, stewardesses the stewardesses where they always have those nice outfits and you think oh it must be so posh being a stewardess yep. and then you actually realize they don't get paid until you're in the air yeah
0: and they deal with just people. <laughs> yeah, I think my favorite was um, so in that uh, mm-hmm. article I was in the uh, paper I was discussing. Uh, regarding the advertisement for recruitment into the Nursing Cadet Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain individuals felt that there was too much emphasis on free education with pay and not enough on if you qualify. Attracting less capable people into nursing.
1: But, like, the whole point of your education, though, is it takes you from
0: being less capable to being capable. capable. <laughs> but in response, one advertising agency replied perhaps we should run the campaign saying that nursing is very poorly paid and the working conditions are terrible, and that if you are really, very silly, you might go to a, a very second rate nursing school where you will live in the most uncomfortable surroundings. Just
1: perhaps if we want nurses, maybe we should make it
0: look horrible. No lady lady. (laughs) So that was how it works. I was just highly entertained by well You're not portraying nursing the way it really is. Well, yeah, nursing kind of stinks, so (laughs) maybe we don't advertise that If we did, nobody would do it. You have to deal with, like,
1: people, eh? You have to deal with bedside manners, and then you also just have to deal with, like, seeing gruesome things and, you know, holding your head strong, and just... Nurses are some
0: of the best people in the world. (laughs) No, exactly, exactly. They deal with so much. So it was... It was, however, so successful that it wasn't until um, 1970 that the admissions uh, to all schools of nursing surpassed the 67,000 who entered in 1944 alone at the start of the nursing corps. Wow. The nursing cadet corps campaign. <laughs> so and in 1944, of those 67,000 who enrolled in nursing programs, 57,000 were part were core, were core members, so oh. part of the nursing cadet corps. All right. So 10,000 entered on their own in 1944. Wow. So yeah, no, I mean it was in terms of just straight numbers, like super successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lucille petrie Leone. The founding director of the Nursing Cadet Corps, introducing the nursing profession to the women of America, (laughs) for better or worse. For better or worse. And we greatly appreciate all of our nurses and first responders, particularly in this time of COVID. Especially right now. So thank you all very much for your sacrifice and service. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. It's really appreciated because Lord knows... I don't have the patience for that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't. I'm a teacher. I don't have the patience for that. That's not... We um, <laughs> may have to have a discussion yeah. when we're done recording.
1: Ooh, it's a different level of patience, okay? I have the patience to deal with children, not like grown adults. <laughs> like, uh-huh. just some of the stories I've heard from my nursing friends just makes me highly yeah. appreciate them and all that they do and just... Yeah. All that they do they're just amazing people
0: so lucille leone passed away on november 25th 1999 at the age of 97 years old mm-hmm. she was living in san francisco at the time so that is lucille petrie leone um so, obviously, yes, I found her originally from the Delaware Women's Hall of Fame. Clearly, with as widespread as her reach was, could probably put her in any state at I know. this point. <laughs> um, but uh, I found her there. And then, of course, Wikipedia, the article on the Nursing Cadet Corps with, from Beatrice Cliquiche and Philip Cliquiche. And I'm probably butchering those names, so I do apologize. Uh, the Smithsonian article, the Los Angeles Times on um, Lucille Petri Leone, um, the obituary after her death. Uh, the Nursing Cadet Corps in World War II uh, from the Nurses in American History textbook, mm-hmm. because I always like doing textbooks. <laughs> um, Wikiizer which I have never used before, um, but they had a lot of interesting information and the Gale Academic One File, uh, Mm. their article, The Indomitable Lucille Petrie-Leone, Nursing's Valiant Leader. I just really liked that title. (laughs) (laughs) So, that is Lucille Petrie-Leone. Um, Jessica, if anybody wants to reach out to you to discuss the patience required to deal with children, (laughs) where can they find you? (laughs) You can find me on Twitter, as J.M. Bailey writes. (laughs) And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page, forward slash Geek Elite Media. Uh, We have a Patreon page. Uh, I seem to, about half the time, forget to talk about it. uh, Because... I just don't think about these things. I should probably write them down for you all. We are, we put together, we are putting together more extra content. So Mm -hmm. we would love your support. Most of it goes to just making sure we can find resources. And when the pandemic lifts, we can get geek elite media to conventions and those things. So that way we can bring you even more content. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's primarily where your money goes in case you're wondering, that's, that's the focus. (laughs) Uh, please also, uh, you can find archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts at geek elite com. Please rate, review and subscribe. So that way we can hopefully introduce people to more of these awesome women of history. Yeah. Uh, But until next time, this is the United States of Women with the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek geek out. out.
1: This concludes our broadcast.